And hello again, everybody. Welcome to Hawkeye Huddle here on 1700 The Champ, 101.3 FM. We're here at G-Migs, as we are each and every week. And I guess what we'll do when we need to go to commercial is we'll get a text to let us know what's going on uh, back at the station. We'll have to just talk back and forth a little bit here as we get some uh, technical difficulties worked out. So he'll text us and let us know when we're supposed to head to break. How's yeah, that? Maybe 30, Brett Ridge, Dave 30, Crane Jr. 30 second advance. Yeah, Brett Ridge, Dave Crane Jr. with you here as we are each week at uh, G Migs down here at 5th Street in West Des Moines. Is it steak night still? I think so. Yeah, steak or pork chop? I think steak. Oh, and now we have our... There we go. We have our speaker. People will turn that down a little bit, too. We don't need the return. That way we could just hear it once. There we go. What happens when we can't hear the studio before we can't do that? All right. We're good. All right. So. God, you bitch. I I know. I mean, all the time. No. Just a little here. When you have a full royal roll of toilet paper, are you concerned? Because. Actually. Honestly, don't don't answer that question. Hawks this last weekend at Purdue on the road. They get the big win, uh, I think, probably a little more ex- easily than, than expected. I think we both expected Iowa to win this last week. We really did. But 24-3 uh, to three was probably a little bit more than we expected. I think we were both in the 24 range in terms of what we thought Iowa might score. I had a 24-23. Uh, yeah, and I think I was 24-20. We just figured, of course, uh, that uh, Purdue might actually drive the football a little bit here and there after what they had done the past few years against Iowa. But, boy, uh, Phil Parker and the Iowa defense uh, dialed up some stuff that, that frankly, I, I think Purdue hadn't seen a lot of. And to your suggestion last week, now, it wasn't exactly like this, right? They didn't say, hey, Riley Moss, just go guard Charlie Jones. Right. But they did a lot of man on Charlie Jones and zone on everybody else. And... Or, or some variation thereof, right? Where, where Charlie Jones was a hot, a hot receiver. Hot route, hot route. Hot, hot, it, hot route. it reminded me a lot of Wedding Crashers. <laughs> hot route. Hot. <laughs> Did Tyrone Tracy play? Yes, he played just a little bit. Not much. Get the ball once, maybe twice. One he catch, did. four yards? Uh, something like that, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if they might have tried him on the jet sweep somewhere in there. But uh, in any case, uh, the Iowa defense came up big, obviously, holding um, Purdue to 3.9 yards per catch. So think about that, 3.9 yards per reception <laughs> in an offense that throws the ball downfield quite a bit. Well, considering you had 40, 41 yards on one play. Yes, and that definitely they had that. And on top of that, in the past, th- what, uh, three or four times Iowa's faced them, they had uh, Mr. David Bell going for, you know, 250 yards in a couple of those games, right? And you know, it was interesting because Merriweather said Iowa was, quote, unquote, very close in all of those games. But there were some mental breakdowns. And I'm thinking, how many mental breakdowns do you have to have where one dude goes for 238 alone? Like, we forgot to guard him, mental uh, breakdown? Well, or well, or, or what, what exactly would we have been talking about that could have been so egregious that the breakdown allowed one guy to get that kind of yardage? Well, it obviously didn't happen this last Saturday, whatever Thank they did. goodness. Yeah, and Iowa was, was not only were they terrific in pass coverage, but, uh, and, and, and by the way, I, I know Jeff Braun complained about it. I like Riley Moss uh, committing pass interference if he feels like he's going to get 
Sure. The guy's going to go by him and he's going to score a touchdown. Go ahead. Push the guy. It's 15 yards. Right. It's college football. It's actually, it's actually brilliant. It, there was the point in the first half. The first one was supposed to be 10. The referees gave him 15, which was an amazing thing. I still don't know how the Iowa coaching staff doesn't have somebody somewhere. I mean, how many? There's got to be 10 or 12 of them, right? That's on the headset saying, hey, that's a 10 yard penalty. Why'd they get 15? Because that happened, right? I, I read that in the paper. And Did not make note it, of that at the sports. It, it, it made made note of it as soon as that. But wait a minute, why are they spotting it there, right? And so it didn't end up being uh, it turned out to be a too big of a deal. No, nor did the first down that Iowa made in the first quarter that was two yards past the first down at the thirty-two, and they marked him on the twenty-nine. Did you see that one? Well, I, that one I I, I recognized, and and it did, I, we had to run li- it back. Literally asked, how did that happen? Right, and not one Iowa coach. Said a word. Well, and here's the part that here's the part you don't know. Did did the official go? He stepped out here, and that's what we're calling. Did yeah, somebody? Right. Did somebody? Clearly, he did not. But but right? Did he have a? a I saw this right. I. But I, how do you not? I, I had him down here. I realize he ended up there. That, that's reviewable, right? Though I mean, that's a pretty straightforward thing. I mean, it was a it was a three yard loss. They took away. Iowa still got the first down again. Right. Anyway, full anyway. roll. Of toilet toilet paper. paper. All right, let's go. Let's move on. So good stuff there in terms of the defense played terrific. Caleb Johnson uh, has made himself uh, known now to the rest of the country as uh, the kind of running back that. Uh, I think Tom Kaker predicted he would be at the beginning of the year, taking over uh, after he ran for 200 yards the other day, a touchdown, a really long touchdown run, he had another nice long one in the first half that was uh, excellent. But on top of that, he's the Big Ten freshman and offensive player of the week, so that's uh, terrific. And he's the first guy to go over 200 yards for the Hawks since 2015 when Akron Wadley did it over at Northwestern. He's the second freshman to ever do it. Did you see who that was? The second freshman to ever do it. Marcus I didn't see it. Coker. Really? I mean, I could have sat here all day and never guessed and that never one. never guessed that. Was that but against Northwestern, the 91 for 243? I, it very well could have been. Yeah. Would that have been in, in 2001 or 2000? It was, it was later than that. He was, uh, Coker was in amongst one of the, wasn't he in amongst one of the Insight Bowl t- teams, something no, like that? It's yeah. quite possible. Yeah. We've barely been there. <laughs> no, no, I'm thinking the Outback Bowl. Um, anyway, things about Caleb Johnson. He doesn't look like he's running fast, but clearly, he's running away from guys. Clearly, how the hell does he do that? Clearly, he's run, he's got an extraordinarily efficient uh, stride, r- r- yeah. stride, running motion, whatever you want to call it. So, so the big thing is, everyone's been comparing him to this, that, and the other team. So, here's my question: Who do you compare him to? Because I don't think he runs like Eric Dickerson. Eric Dickerson ran very upright, almost leaned back, in my opinion. As he was running, but he was super fast. I so I've seen that comparison, and, I, and frankly, I don't get it. I don't. I don't see that one. You know who mine is? It's Tavian Banks. The, he he's bigger than Tavian. Okay, he's a bigger dude. But Tavian Banks had a, a stride in a way by which that he could run, and all of a sudden he didn't realize really realize. That he's running that fast. Yeah. I will give you a little bit of that because I, I think he runs uh, like Tavian. With it. his shoulders are always square. He never turns sideways. He never doesn't seem his to. Head's, his head's up and his shoulders are square as he goes. Um, it, it's uh, it's hard to find a comparison for an Iowa running back. I really I agree. I was looking at people trying to do it, but even maybe a, that's even as close. Even maybe a pro back. I, I mean, so. I don't know. He does. You know, he doesn't. 
He doesn't run like Akram. He certainly doesn't run. Um, well, there's no extra. Like, like there's no Goodson. extra steps, right? There's no. There's no right. dancing. There's just. He just goes and anyway, it's really fun to watch and well, it's something we maybe we just haven't seen this type of a back and he's going to be a guy that you can, you know, hang your bell bellwether bell, bell, bell cow on your bell, and, your bell, bell cow on, on well run you know you know and and I, I kind of feel bad for uh, both the Williams guys, who who have nagging injuries who should be doing this but, you know, the one thing the one thing that I think that we need to understand more better which is more better the proper way to during a radio broadcast to butcher the English language is that this team really is together they they really are they are there for one another they are there as a unit as a team right and so I don't think the jealousy the angst that we were thinking oh god sooner or later the defense is going to get really pissed off at the offense right because right. they're they're screwing it up, and the defense has played good enough to basically, outside the Ohio State game, to to win virtually every game. And I don't take throw Michigan out. Outside of those two games, I think the defense has played well enough. But you never got that. You never got that animosity. So I don't think the Williams boys are having a problem with and, and, that. Uh, right. That, now, both of them are, uh, Kirk said, they're both looking a lot better. They'll be back this week, so we'll probably see more of them. But yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, I, plus, as long as there there were, I kind of felt there were a couple times the other day because Kirk let them both play, and I almost kind of wondered if it was like, okay, well, let's just at least make sure everybody's played, you know, except for Alex Padilla, who will never play a down until Spencer Petras can't walk off the field. I mean, so uh, who was the how, how who, was the, who was the reps? who was the other who was well, give him some reps. Oh, anyway, go ahead. Full roll of toilet paper. This. You're up 24 to three. You're going nowhere in the fourth quarter. You have one. You have two first downs the entire second half, and you're not giving your backup quarterback no, you're a not. perfect opportunity or chance to, to, I wouldn't to have. use the reps. Absolutely, absolutely. Why would you not give him reps? Because why? Because, because you're stubborn. No, because you got 24 points having the other guy in there, and and you don't have confidence that the other guy isn't going to do something dumb. So, you want to give somebody reps? Put in Joey Labus. Okay. Okay, you want? To, I mean, I, really? If you want to, if you want to, because the give, one time you if needed you this, want to give someone reps right now, that's who you should have given it to. Well, I could. He could have come. He could have come in and handed the ball off. I'm not entirely ju- disagreeing. Just with as that. well as, as as my point is number eight. If some if seven gets hurt, we saw what happened in Ohio State. Eight wasn't ready to go because you haven't given him a chance to even get hit in 12 months. That's all I'm saying. All right, just uh, give him a anyway. Uh, God, you took your negative pill today. It's well, insane. I, I'm just analyzing. We, we what go on the road as, as what started out as a touchdown favorite, got down to three and a half, and blow the doors off a Purdue team that, frankly, had they won out, would have won the West. And Right. And we hope now. Now, now, we, now, we, hope, now we want them to win out. Now we want them to, to, to go and win. Um, At the, Illinois this week would be very helpful. Right. If I, Illinois has got to lose the rest, though, don't they? Nope. Got uh, Just two. Got to lose two. Hawks win out. Illinois loses two. Iowa goes. Iowa's uh, got to win. Yeah, Iowa has to win yeah, out. Clearly. Which, which by the way, is still no most small feat, right? I mean. Well, underdogs and, 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 this week. Well, and, and, and look, the offense, had, the offense had a great 
smattering there in the end of the first quarter. Into the, the Hawks beginning had of, almost 400 yards for the second consecutive week in one, and one by three touchdowns for the second consecutive week. And they had a great quarter and a half, and then from there they tucked it in and didn't do anything. It's hard oh to tell. Good Lord. Did you they get had two first? They had two first downs after the. Did after, you get socks and underwear for every Christmas? I'm just. At what point do you want them to open it up in the second I half? Want them to keep, I want so them to keep playing. They were, pl- keep, they no, were they playing. They were not. Oh, my God, they, they were not. No, you know what they, they were, were trying not. to do? They were trying Tuck to. Tuck it in and let the defense win the game. No, they were trying to milk that clock and, and figure out a way that every, well, every it, time they got the ball. Well, it didn't that work they, because that they, they would, didn't go anywhere. So what was the time of possession in the second half there, smarty pants? I'd have to go look at I'm that. I'm going to guess you want to bet I. I'll bet you. I'll bet you a nickel. Well, Purdue didn't go anywhere either. Oh, Purdue! I'm sure Purdue had the ball. Purdue had the ball more in the second half. I'll I'll bet it was no more than one minute more in extra well, possession. We'll look it up. We'll look it up. I bet it was more than that. Iowa had two first downs the entire second half, and an 80-yard touchdown play the, the first, first play. play of the second half. Right. So you're right. going to discount that? No, no. Because you, you know, just run for time of possession. No, I'm talking about an offensive <laughs> game plan whereby your team. One by three touchdowns, and you're pissed off because we didn't get enough. I'm just bringing it up. You're talking as if you're upset with the fact that we won by three touchdowns, but should have won by more on the road on the Big Ten in a game that was played in a 40 mile an hour wind. I'm not in a 40 mile an hour wind. Speaking of that, were you there? That's what they said on the TV. Okay, it's got to be true. It was on the interwebs. I'm just pointing out. How about yes. our punter compared to theirs? That was fun to watch. So the very first, the very first punt of the <laughs> game, seventy-eight yards or eight through the. I'm like, so I'm sitting there. I'm going, is there any chance he can kick this sixty-five yards? Oh no, yeah, he kicked it sixty-six, Total. which so, got it got it into the end totally zone. Totally had uh, a chance. Yes, there was totally a chance. Um, moving moving on past football real quick because we may not get back to to basketball. Basketball started last night. I actually watched the game. Did well, it was. Really fun to watch last night. Well, you, I mean, you, I, mean you made it back in time to do that. No, you, man, you were, you I, were there. on my phone at the Steak and Shake <laughs> at the, well, what used to be the Buchanan Airport. It's now the Harry Reid yeah, International yeah. Airport. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the beauty of the YouTube TV is you just. I know, you watch you your own TV at home. Turn it on, and, and there it was. And I think I, I got it. Wasn't right at the tip. So I think the Hawks are up maybe eight. Um <laughs> I think the first four shots that I saw them take were all threes, and they made them all. Mm. And it was like back back in, who's number five? I, Bowen? DeSante Bowen. He is extraordinarily he's fast, he? good. And he's, he's going to be a good ball player. Gets to the, gets to the rack, dishes got, it off nice. Got knocked down about four times yeah. yesterday. That's, that, that's his Achilles heel right now because he's a true freshman, right? What's he weigh? 165 right. pounds? Right. I mean, it seems to me that um, – had he been a senior, I think he's getting a few more calls than he was in his first yeah. college game, you know, at, at all. But I was incredibly impressed with uh, the number of tips that he gets on deep. Yeah. He t- tips the ball. Gets out there. Play, yep, he plays good defense um, for a freshman. Okay, they're announcing the top 25. And if TCU is not number four, this is um, – uh, thank there. goodness. Yeah. It's a conspiracy theory. That way we don't have to listen to. So the Hawks win. They beat Bethune Cookman eighty-seven to fifty-eight. Friday night they've got North Carolina A and T. That one you'll have to have BTN Plus to watch. Where is Bethune Cookman? Somewhere between Cookman and. Are they HBCU? <laughs> it might be. 
I don't know. I don't like, think they are. Are they? I, I don't know. I, uh, I, I, Reggie Tias was their coach. That's all I knew. All right. That was good. You know. Uh, Anthony Perkins. Yeah, well, he's going to be. Seven for nine. He's going to be a thorn in the side of everyone Well, he, he was eight for nine in that exhibition game. I mean, that's 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 some uh, high shooting percentage. It's 85% uh, and, field goal percentage. And two for two from the three-point line. Chris Murray with a quiet 14. Uh, Rebraca had a double-double, which is nice. And, and Connor... Connor McCaffrey sticking on his uh, on his uh, hot Curry. streak. He uh, another couple of threes. He's six for eight now. If you count the, the uh, uh, exhibition game, I love seeing Josh Gundelay run the floor a little bit. I mean, he gets wind. I, I, I mean, I don't know how that kid doesn't doesn't get in shape, but he actually played very well in the minutes he gave him. Right? Played, Maybe he's you know, yes. when and we're back here on Hawkeye Hill, Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. with you. As we are each week, G-Mix here in West Des Moines. Come on down and join us. Another nice crowd. N- another you great know, crowd. What's interesting is we probably could have been on the patio. Because it's nice enough out. Yeah, but, but with daylight savings, it's dark, we'd have been it's in the dark. dark. We've been in the dark. And it, there's, you know, over 19 years, a lot of people think we still we, are in the dark. We've been in the dark from time to time. I know you were telling me just 10 minutes ago that I'm in the dark, <laughs> as it were. All right. Either way, we're we're back here, and you can join us tonight if you want to come down and say hi here. There's still a little bit of time. Steak night down here at G-Migs as well. We'll get into some of our other great sponsors in a little bit. Tom Kaker of HawkeyeReport.com is on the line with us right now. Uh, good afternoon, evening, and uh, as it were, Tom, dark, but uh, afternoon still. Yes, good afternoon, good evening. How are you guys doing? We're doing good, Tom. You're coming in loud and clear. Thank you for joining us from the USS Kurt. <laughs> USS Kurt. <laughs> so, um, aside from uh, aside from football, Tom, uh, we were just actually we had just started diving down into the pa- basketball team. Did you go over and watch last night? And what were some of your impressions of uh, of the early hoops? Uh, early hoops going on there. It looked pretty good from t- the TV land. Yeah, I went. Uh, it was a men's women's doubleheader, and so I was at the game last night covering the men's and. For about half of the women's game, um, I really like this basketball team for Iowa. The men's team really like them a lot. I think they, uh, you know, the last few years it's been kind of one, maybe two guys that were dominant. You know, it was, we went through the Garza era or Garza Joe Weiss camp kind of thing. Occasionally you'd have a Jordan Bohannon outburst, but um, more than likely it was just, it was usually. Luca, and then last year it was uh, with Keegan Murray. Keegan, um, and you'd always feel like you know Keegan's got thirty, and everybody else got like seven. This one, this team, I think you're going to see more balance from, uh, and and that was shown last night with all five starters in double figures. Uh, they just share the ball really well, uh, willing passers, um, and. You know, they didn't shoot it particularly well from three and still won really comfortably. Uh, I like the depth on the team. The second unit, you're going to have to figure out what kind of scoring punch they can have. Um, You might need to have, you know, a Chris Murray out there um, with that group. But um, just like what I'm seeing from this team so far. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, it, you know, you look back at various times when Iowa would tussle with teams like Bethune Cookman early in the year, right? You'd be bringing a, a you know, bringing in new guys and, and guys who hadn't played a lot, uh, and and getting them worked in. And 
I, I thought that certainly the first uh, team, but then the, even the second team really looked like they they were in at least mid-December form, right? I mean, they, they were like you say, they were sharing the ball so well and playing such good defense. It's just it's a, it looked like a much more well-oiled machine than we're used to seeing in the very first game of the year. Yeah, because um, we've seen over the years some some stumbles early in the year, right. just games that might might have been closer than they needed to be. I think maybe a fair way to kind of look at things. But, um, yeah, I, I just um, I, I like the, the cut of this team right now. I like where they're at, where the, how they're coming along as a as a unit, and um, just like the depth. I, I think there's just a lot of a lot for Iowa fans to really uh, enjoy uh, with this team. So, Tom, real fast, who's number four? <laughs> Bless you. Me? Who, who's number four? Number four? <laughs> yeah, my phone, I couldn't read his name. Oh, oh uh, um, for Iowa. Is that Josh Dix? Was that Josh Dix? That's his number? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, he, and, and, and good, good to see him well, out there. And he he, well, and keep yeah. in mind, he didn't play basketball last year in, in Iowa because he got hurt. Right, Council Bluffs, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. So, Josh Dix. Okay, so, thank you. Well, um, so. I, my, I, I am so informed. My, but I was watching on my phone. My observation. Yeah, you were in a tough I, spot to watch still it. Still in a two-day So, handle. one observation, and I want to, then we move on to the women's team. My, my observation, Tony Perkins is maybe the most underrated player in the Big Ten, and that might continue the rest of the year because people, right now, shooting 80% in two straight games and, and what he's doing running the point, that's going to be something to watch. So you've got to watch the women's game too, Tom, and, and there's not a lot of holes to fill. But some of the newcomers, I mean, obviously, there's, you know, they're returning all five starters. But a couple of the newcomers actually had a couple of uh, had uh, some contributions last night as well as they ran away uh, from Southern eventually at what was the final, 87 and 34. But uh, Hannah Stolke and a couple of other, the other gals that, that are relatively new actually chipped in as well. This is going to be a powerful basketball team when, even once you get past the, the first five. Yeah, um, you know, the scary moment last night was Caitlin Clark going down in the first half, and the place got pretty quiet when Caitlin Clark goes down. Look, sure it did. Pop right back up, but, um, you know, she popped back up. Uh, I think went and got her ankle taped a little bit, and she was back out there again and, and, and scoring like Caitlin Clark does. So, um, right. But Hannah Sulky, uh, Sulky is really good. Um, the transfer, Molly Davis, fun player. Taylor McCabe, you can really shoot it. Um, I don't know how much, how many minutes she's going to get, but um, I think she can help them just because she can shoot it. And uh, you can never have enough shooters available to you. So you never um, have enough shooters. She, she like was the the Nebraska product. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and then um, you know, Susano didn't play very well. I, I'm. You know, they're playing Thursday night again, and I, I suspect that uh, Monica Susano is probably going to have, like, 20 and 10 because she just doesn't have back-to-back, uh, you know, games that aren't really good. So Well, and Lisa's going to get her back on track by feeding her. They, and, I'll tell you, know, you the, the, that Southern team just, I mean, they play like, they all they did was just foul the whole first half, <laughs> and it was just hard to get a Hard to get a a, uh, a flow in that game. Because all they were doing, was, and they played the same way last year. I was surprised Lisa brought them back to play in the game because they always foul. 
So the Hawks move, uh, Hawk football team moves on to Wisconsin this week, Tom, that, uh, with the door just cracked enough now for the possibility of returning to Indianapolis that this becomes fun. Uh, <laughs> and Wisconsin comes in uh, riding a little bit of a hot streak. They've righted the ship a little bit. Well, they look four and one since they fired Paul Chris. Right, they look a lot more like themselves. Uh, Iowa obviously has looked a lot more like what we're, we were expecting, so this uh, looks like a, a collision course on Saturday on what will probably be a fairly cold and windy field. Um, how do you see it breaking down this week when the Badgers come to town? Do you sometimes wonder if they got rid of Paul Chris because they knew that this, that portion of the schedule was coming and they'd probably go on a little wind streak and make it harder to fire him? Exactly. And, and, and then um, you've got... <laughs> You got it's a great Le- point. You yeah. got you got Leonard out there, uh, walking around, uh, looking at other potential opportunities that are going to be there, and now he's got a nice little resume to uh, yeah. uh, to. You, well, gosh, you know the kid was he was six and two during his interim yeah, interim yeah, stage. Right. Um, wonder if that's what the Colts are doing, with Jeff Saturday. <laughs> Just giving him <laughs> the guy. The guy. I, it's just. It crossed my mind today that maybe the, the, the powers that be, uh, Chris McIntosh, the new AD up there, that he he may have seen what was what was coming and said, you know what, probably easier to get rid of. I'm going to get rid of Paul Chris. I think we need to get rid of him. So let's let's do it now, and then we've got some games coming up that we probably win. So just a thought. No, it's so. Uh, is this the, is this Wisconsin team coming in, uh, having played a little weaker competition, and you feel good about uh, where the Hawks might be with them this week? I wouldn't I'm, say that. I think Wisconsin is playing better, but um, is it because of the coaching? Uh, I don't know. You know, you could say that, I guess, but um, I'm just not positive that that's what's going on here. Um, you know. It, Graham Mertz is just not very. He's good. still Graham Mertz, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it's just going to come down to can Iowa avoid mistakes, and can they give? Uh, can they handle um, Wisconsin's blitz? And if they can do those two things, I think they've got a chance to win. You know, Tom, I was, I was, I haven't gone back and watched the tape, but I was reliving the Iowa Wisconsin game in my head last year, where. I think his number was five for Wisconsin, who basically would line up in either side of the A-gap, even with Linderbaum in there, and virtually almost jumping over our offensive line at the snap. Well, they won't be able to do that this year. They won't be able to figure out when the ball is going to get snapped because nobody else can. But I'm sorry. I thought I had to jump in there with that. Come on. We still we are still we are right. still having snap troubles, right? I mean, you saw it the other day. Yes. Every... Once every fourth play. Anyway, go ahead. Not go ahead that with your often. Question. Go ahead with your question. No, my, my so I, to your point on the blitz, though, that is something that obviously uh, Brian Kirk and every other offensive mind who's in the room has got to figure out what can we do about that. My ideas might be to go on two, but you know, <laughs> yeah. are, are are there other options whereby we can quickly change the. Uh, you know, the blocking scheme that we might have set up on a specific play to recognize this. Or, or I mean, because that that dominated the game last year, I thought, against Iowa. Yeah. I think that was Leo Chennault that probably yes, had that's it. 
and yeah, and he's no longer there, which is good. But he's in the National he, Football League. <laughs> yes, yeah, he's, he's earning money playing football now um, in, in the professional ranks, and not having to go to school. So right, good for him. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I like uh, I like Iowa's chances. Well, I do too. I think they're playing better football now. I do think this is going to be a tough game. Next two, really tough. But oh yeah, it certainly changes. It it changes in complexion based on the type of team they're going to play uh, in both cases. And and I give Minnesota credit for coming from behind there. They they looked awful in the first half and came from behind they were, and won too. They, know, they were they were down ten to nothing. And, when there's twenty seven games on, it's actually hard to follow. You didn't follow more, it, well, more than one. That was on in one of the TVs in my house, and you know why? Because yes. it was a Nebraska fan <laughs> yeah. upstairs, right? Um, real quick before we, uh, before I forget, time uh, the Hawks did get a commitment out of a running back this week, and it we're pretty much down to running backs and wide receivers is what I was really targeting right now. The rest of the way, it looks like D backs. Yeah, they're probably yeah. You're right. Probably some defensive backs uh, that they're they're gonna. You know, we're we're just you know it's crazy. Um, you know, basketball signing day is tomorrow, and um, you know I was gonna sign three there, and then football signing day is just like a month away. So you know, a little over a month. Yeah, they got the Kamari Moulton from uh, Fort Lauderdale committed. Uh, they just offered another kid, Janarius Jackson, who's probably gonna visit for the Black Friday game. Uh, I think they're in pretty good shape to get uh, Jarrett Dewey out of Tampa, wide receiver, six foot three kid. I think they're in pretty good shape with Jordan Faison, another Fort Lauderdale. They're going to have Ryan Mooney on campus again, so I, I think they're trying to get some more guys uh, yeah, come in their direction. Um, you know, defensive backs, uh, still kind of an open thing there, but. Uh, like for this, uh, you know, I, I think they they just gotta wrap up here with uh, wide receivers, get three or four wide receivers, and get another running back, and maybe another tight end. Um, keep an eye on eye on Ishmael Smith Flores, who is uh, oh yeah, the yep. son, and um, you know I think they're gonna probably get him too. Tom, who's a Florida connection that uh, recruits down there? Um, uh, Coach Pass has been down there a lot. And, and also Coach Copeland. Both those guys. Um, Copeland's got a lot of good connections down there, and Waddell was down there coaching uh, high school level. So both those guys have some good connections. You certainly bring a lot of speed when you bring back kids from Florida. Oh, my, so do it's, you? It's really nice to find the athletes. Do you ever? So remind us real quick before we get out, the three basketball re- recruits signing tomorrow are? Are uh, uh, Brock Harding, point guard from Moline. Uh, Owen Freeman, who is now from Moline, he uh, transferred. Uh, he's a big kid, 6'9", six, 6'10". Six, six, and then uh, Price Sanford from uh, Waukee Northwest, uh, who's the brother of Peyton Sanford. And uh, tonight we'll be uh, hosting all three on the Hawkeye Report podcast. So, awesome. Uh, Good for you, Tom. That's great. I listen to yours. I listen to your podcast, too, just like you listen to the huddle. <laughs> all right. Tom Kager at HawkeyeReport.com. Thanks for checking in. We'll be back on the Hawkeye Hull here on 1700, the champ, 101.3 FM. And we're back here at G-Migs, Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. with you. I want to thank some of the other great sponsors we have on our program. 
or I'd like to care of our program. I would like to start with the two. Sitting in front of us? That are right here, the great Angie Lancaster and Brian Houck. No relation? Rem uh, Remax Concepts and, of course, uh, Key Mortgage. No relation, no, but they are here supporting they, as they do many weeks. Friends of each other and friends of the huddle. Uh, uh, friends of the huddle. Uh, your friends at AMPM Plumbing. They, they do plumbing. They do plumbing. And uh, our friends at, uh, at uh, Gatehouse Pictures who take care of our website, uh, Rick and the gang at Gatehouse Pictures, uh, as we've said, film and video production right here in the, uh, in the West Des Moines area. They're over in Windsor Heights, but th that's not really important as much as it's Gatehouse Pictures that it's helps us West sponsors. Side. It's the West Side. It's good. And, of course, Private Wealth Asset Management. They are the sponsors of our Fifth Street Five. Uh, wanting to uh, just promote all the great shops and eateries down here at 5th Street. Jingle in the Junction, I believe, coming up next week on Thursday. Is it they, do, they do two of them. Uh, two, they do two or three of them. They're getting but ready to start, on. that's for yeah, sure. Uh, a lot of fun. That means uh, they'll have a lot going on, on uh, for the holidays on a couple of different nights. You can totally in the Christmas spirit. Absolutely. I'm ready. I mean, I they know you not are. Have, they don't, I, hey, I'm putting decorations up tomorrow. i got to start early. Because it's going to be nice out tomorrow. This is my this and is I'm, my recollection is that usually what happens is there is a Monday. I'm here on a Sunday. There's, there's a Monday nothing. And you come back on. A I Tuesday come back on Tuesday, and there it this is. This place in GMIX is decked out. They get some good stuff they put up here. They do. All right, our Fifth Street Five this week. We we we, we bit we bit off a big. We did. We we, we did something to chew on, and it, it turns out it's almost impossible. Well, and, and this actually came from a, a good friend of the program, Brad Money, uh, who asked me this question: Who is your top five all-time, your starting five Iowa basketball players? And I said, okay, can we go since loot? Meaning yeah, players that have, that we've seen a players lot of, that right? I yeah. that I have seen play, watched whether uh, in person or obviously on television or, or whatever. I mean, because you know, I never saw Donnie Nelson play, never saw downtown Freddie Brown or John Johnson play, never saw Glenn the Stick Vidovic play. John Johnson had like nineteen games over thirty points without a three without point. A three point without three point. <laughs> I mean, it was unreal. Yeah, dude, they may have averaged 130. They did. They, were, they averaged near near 100 points. With Ralph point. Miller yeah. as in their coach. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Lost, lost to the A-train. The, they uh, were incredible. Boy, they didn't NCAA. worry about They did not worry about, about uh, not putting the ball up, man. No. They did not make sure that everybody on the team touched the ball before they shot. No. no. Anyway. So, okay, this is really hard because we started going through this. How do you make this decision? I think we can agree on one guy for sure. Ronnie Lester. Ronnie Lester, right? And and those of you who never got to see him play, just understand the impact of the, the season that they went to, last went to the Final Four. He, uh, They were undefeated in games that he played until the Final Four when they were playing the eventual champions, and he went down with a knee injury when the game was tied, and he had scored the first ten points. And then they end up losing by eight. So... He the entire time he played for them that year, they did not lose. He was a uh, unbelievably terrific uh, uh, passer. He was a penetrating guard who could score. He could bounce it back. Actually, there's a little Tony Perkins. Magic Johnson uh, said that Ronnie Lester was the best player in the Big Ten when he was when he was there. When he was and there, there's and a little that is about as good as you're going to get. How does that right? 
there's a little bit of Ryan Lester and Tony Perkins right now in the fact that he's figured out this jump stop and fade back. Because Lester would go the hole and lay it in. But he also had this thing where he just stopped and then that, everybody would just go on. Isaiah, Tom, right Isaiah yep. Thomas had that right. play too. Ryan Lester was great with that. I'm going to go ahead. Boy, there's so many. So we were there. Reggie Evans doesn't deserve to be on this list. But Reggie Evans, by the way, has 40 double-doubles, which is the most in Iowa basketball history. And the, and the next guy is Luca at 33. So Reggie is seven ahead. That's almost 25% this more. Just in, Luca was number five on my list. Is, is it, okay. Well, uh, um, I mean, I, I, I had got, four I, others. Luca's got to go on the list, so we're going to – I don't know how I'm numbering this. doesn't matter. We're going to put Luca on there, obviously, all-time and, leading scorer. And, and I actually you – know. I did mine as if I was putting together a team. Not not just – Okay. Okay, not just give me my five favorite. Who's, who's your next big man? Roy – well, my next big man? Well, who's your next – who, who, who are you building next? Then? Who you Roy gonna, Marble. Roy Marble. Got to – uh, based on the, on the fact that he was a leading three-point shooter on that team. Nobody knows that. He was an all-time leading scorer up until just a couple of years ago behind Luka. Uh, it, there was more to Roy Marble than people remember. Absolutely have to build him in there as a small forward on that team, right? Yeah. You know, right. Right. Um, uh, other guys, who, so then my next step in there would be the, 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 the four of that group. So AC Earl gets bumped out by Luka, right? AC right. Earl who had uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of, thir- of, of, of five 30-point games. Right. He, he's second. He's uh, in the 1,500 club, all that stuff. All Big Ten, three straight years. Dominant big man, right? Right. But, you, but he gets bumped by Luka. My next guy is Greg Stokes. Greg my, Stokes goes uh, as a power forward boy, in there. Boy, he was good. And Hamilton, my, my next guy is Chris Street. Oh. So in, that, in, now, part of, part of that is clear emotion. Yes. But the other part of that is he was glue. He was he was an incredible free throw shooter. He was. Um and he gave it to you every oh, single man. night. And he could and he people forget how strong he was, what a rebounder he was, what a defensive player. Bumping out for me, Aaron White, who is a member of the thousand five thousand point five hundred rebound club, number three on that list. bumping him out of the way. Um, I think you could bump out a number of other uh, guys who are uh, uh, forward-type players in there that were really, Greg really Stokes good. Greg Stokes is really good call. Uh, but I'm going to go with Greg Stokes on that. Um, boy, there's a lot of other guys on this that's going to get who would go with the two-guard. Where's Pete Jock in this? I don't know. Where's he go? Where's Dev Marble, who's number 10 all-time in field goals? Go? Well, and, and yeah. I'm, and so I'm putting Keegan Murray in because the dude was essentially unstoppable. Unstoppable. At and, that and, point he, time, right? and he played two years. You're going to put him in there. I, I, I'm not putting Ricky Davis. Did not have him on my list. And he and you had a list of about fifty. So here's your here's your guards to throw in, Val Barnes. Yeah, eh, I thought eh, about him. He's he there. Uh, certainly BJ, right? BJ's my number six. He's number six. Okay, I was gonna go well, with, uh, with Andre Woolrich. And uh, first, because first player first player to uh, ever lead the Big Ten in scoring and assists in the same year. Did not win Big Ten Player of the Year, which was an absolute crime and travesty. He was the first player. Think about that. He led the Big Ten in scoring and assists. But, but he wasn't good enough to be but the he Big was, Ten Player of the Year. But he wasn't good enough to be the Big Ten Player of the Year. He led That that team finished second in the Big Ten behind the Minnesota team that lost all their victories because they cheated. Because oh, of uh, the tests and the whole bit. Yeah, they finished alone. Everybody, right. you know, and they were, they were seated below... 
four other Big Ten teams in the NCAA tournament, which yeah. made you know great a great deal of sense. Anyway, I'm going with Andre Rulich. Do we have all? Is that everybody? We got five. I, I feel like we have five. We might be missing uh, a few others. Um, well, not well, don't, uh, others. I mean, but the, you, let yeah. me guards that I loved: Carfino, Horner. <laughs> Dean uh, Oliver. Jeff, uh, Oliver and Horner are on my list, yeah. Mention them. Yep. You, we talked about Woolrich. Um, all, all those guys just, I mean, I, I wish I could have played basketball in the manner that they did. Um, there was one other guy. Kevin Gamble. Yeah. Horton. Yeah, Eddie. Uh, Eddie Horton. I mean, Adam Hulas. See, I, I, see I liked Eddie Horton yeah. over um, Reggie Evans. I think they were the same player, just different era. D- Jess Settles. Jess Settles. Um, mm-hmm. Great players. On my list. Les Jepson had a year. No. He had a year. Brad Lowhouse had a year. Yeah. Brad Lowhouse averaged four points yeah, but, until my coach and, of well, this team was Dr. Tom you know, Davis. You know, it's funny as we start talking about this, the guys that ended up in the NBA for a while aren't on this list. Les Jepson, okay, whatever. Kevin Gamble. Ke- Kevin Gamble ended up in the NBA for a while. Matt Bullard ended up in the NBA for quite a while. Um, I played um, high school basketball with him. Forgot about him. Uh, um, Didn't even make my the, list. The other kid. Uh, All right. Anyway, we're gonna we're we're gonna run. That's not always the mark of a, a hallmark of a great Iowa player, right? It is whether you go to the league or not. All so right, we're running out of time. Right. Your we, last call. My last call for this weekend. I don't think you're gonna like this. Oh no, God! Of course not. It's. Look, of course I'm like, not. I feel Your like, mood started off in that way, and I, it's going to end in this I, way. I feel like um, this is one where Iowa runs into uh, some of their old bad habits. This is one where they play a great defense. It's going to be a cold, windy day. Iowa has a tough time scoring this weekend. They're going to be gnashing some teeth about the offense again. They lose it 20-14. to 14. Wisconsin's going to get just enough to get it done. After that, I feel like we win the last two games, and that's just – Tip of, tip of my hat, but I feel like Iowa loses this twenty. All right, you're wrong. You're wrong. Iowa. I hope I'm wrong. Iowa wins this. I like game being wrong. Sixteen fourteen. You like sixteen an awful lot. I don't know why. It, I think it's primarily because Andrew of, pointed this out the other day. We do a lot of we do a lot of sixteen. Yeah, you got to get three field goals and a touchdown to get to sixteen. That feels about right for this team, doesn't it? Right. So I'm going to go sixteen fourteen, and I'm not going for um, at the end. I'm going. We're ahead sixteen seven. Wisconsin scores like with a minute to go. Okay. Tries the onside kick. It's bobbled around. We recover, thankfully, <laughs> um, and then run the clock out. And there is much rejoicing in a blackout Saturday. I will say this. No, do w- not charge a field ox if you win. I will say this. Unless it's a last-second field goal, then you can. 20, 20 points is a lot for Iowa defense to give up. So that could be – I might be wrong there. So we'll see. All right. We'll join you next week. We're going to be celebrating the victory. That's the way it's going to work. When we come back next week right here at G-Mix for the Hawkeye Hill. 1,700 to champ, 101.3 FM.